So welcome back to today's episode on the For Dog's Sake podcast. We have a special for you today, and that is on how to cope in the heat wave for your dogs. And we've got an amazing guest on today, who is Tara, who is a registered vet nurse at the Broadroom Veterinary Clinic slash group. And they're based in Kent and Herne Bay. And I think you have another clinic, don't you? But they have kindly lent her house herds for today and I will let her introduce herself in a second and of course you have myself Louise Campbell Pearson founder of Canine Friends and the lovely Jay Gurdon of Good Guardianship and Blue Mill Minion. So Tara tell us a little bit about yourself your role at Broadmoor Vet Group and most importantly what you're seeing at the moment because we're recording this on the Monday of Heatwave which is 30 up to 40 degrees in some places so yeah what have you been kind of seeing over the last couple of days in terms of heat wave have you seen anything with the dogs come in we had one fatality oh wow i can't remember what the temperature was on that day it wasn't what it is today it wasn't you know the late 30s it was in the 20s i think if people go outside and then they're not they are not boiling themselves or, you know, there's a cool breeze or no one's walking around with their T-shirts off. They think that the temperature is OK for their to, to walk their doggy. It's not because they have a fur coat on as well. Yeah, it starts much lower than, than people think, doesn't it? As you say, like 20 to 23, some high risk categories are already in danger. Whilst heatwave can affect any dog of any age and breed and size, there are, however, a few things that you, few breeds, sizes, things like that, ages of dogs that are at greater risk of heat stroke, much like with people in the summer, you know, elderly people are more at risk of heat stroke than a 30 year old fit person, but so could a 30 year old fit person get heat stroke. However, what you want to look out for, um, and dogs that are at greater risk are brachycephalic dogs. So that are, they're flat faced dogs like pugs, elderly dogs, puppies, black dogs. Dogs with existing health conditions, dogs that are overweight. Double-coated dogs, so dogs like Huskies, Malamutes, who are designed to live in colder climates, even to an extent your Labrador Golden Retrievers, Border Collies, all of them have double coats as well. Yeah, and your larger breeds, generally speaking, larger breeds tend to suffer more as well. So obviously that sounds like every dog ever we've just described, but there are some dogs that do struggle more than others. And if you particularly if your dog has existing breathing problems, that's a real one you really want to do watch out for them in this heat. Whilst any dog can get heat stroke, there are some that are at greater risk but that doesn't um, get rid of or eliminate the risk to a healthy dog. Yeah, it can happen to any dog, but with a bit of awareness, we can help to mitigate the risk to some of these dogs who do have a slightly higher chance. In a car, if if your car is over 14 degrees, you shouldn't put your dog in it, and that won't feel warm at all for us well they're like a greenhouse aren't they like i've got an air-conditioned vehicle and i wouldn't even leave luna for a second without that car running in it at the moment it would only be in it with me with her and in not not even in the boot i'd have her on the seat so she can access in a seatbelt harness of course Mm. and on the back seat so away from the airbag but I would have her in there with the ac on and i wouldn't even get out for a second and think about switching off that engine because in this heat especially you know normally they say like oh it's only five minutes i'll pop in i'll pop back it could be minutes Mm -hmm. in this in this temperature for the dog even in the vehicle to go from being okay to 
potentially life-threatening um, situation. Even if it's um, a susceptible breed, you still don't know if it's going to happen to them or a breed that isn't susceptible or isn't supposed to be susceptible to it. Every dog reacts differently. So you don't, you really don't know what's going to happen, whether or not you've got the windows open or you've got water in there. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah, that's incredibly sad for the owners of that dog that sadly had that fatality from heat stroke. And, and it is important to, to, to spread the message that it is a reality. It isn't something that is just seen um, in news stories. It happens in every veterinary practice that I know of, every heat wave. There is always not necessarily a fatality, but there is always dogs brought in with heat related heat, like heat exhaustion, heat related issues such as burnt pads from walking them on the pavements and things like that. Um, I'm sure you see you over the years, you've seen kind of things like that. My friend who I spoke to this morning, who's a vet who sadly couldn't come on today, but she was going to also come on. She said things she's seeing the most is burnt pads at the moment as well. She's a vet. It doesn't have to be that hot either. They can, whether they're on the beach, especially the beach and on pavements, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't, they don't have to be out for an hour and they don't have to be galloping either. Pads are, um, they do seem when you touch them, they seem sturdier, but they're really easy to slice or scald. Hence why you do get lots of doggies with burnt pads and um, slices and they have to be stitched up, etc. Well, they also happen, you know, if you they get a lot of people in the hot weather, they take their dogs to the beach. The dogs run along the pebbles fast. They throw a ball, they skid um, and they can they can damage their pads like that. They can run and skid along the pavement, running after a ball at the beach and things exactly. like that. And they, they they can get friction burns. Very easily done. And you don't think in our in our profession, obviously, then you do think about all the things that is possibly could happen um, and the injuries that could happen. Some people don't obviously realise that um they could they could do that, but it's very common. How long have you been a um a RVN Tara now? Four hundred years. <laughs> I've been nursing over 30 years, basically. Um, I've been a registered veterinary nurse for 20, 25 of them. It's an amazing job. It can sometimes get repetitive, obviously, and a bit boring, like any job can get, but it's very rewarding and it's there's something different every day. It's a, it's a good job and we've got a really, really good team and we all get on really well. Eat far too much, Kate. There's a lot of laughter. We're very um, friendly at Broadway and we try and have a fear-free surgery. Love that. Yeah. Love Excellent. that. In, in other words, we don't scruff pussycats because that's mean. Um, there's a lot of ways where you don't have to restrain animals uh, safely, carefully, and where they're not going to get anxious and upset and you're not going to get anxious and upset. But, I mean, that's that's a really good insight into kind of your your working working life. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Have, you know, over the years, is it, is it a common thing that you see every, every heat wave of summer that people or come in with their dogs with heat-related injuries and things is it something that is does tend to happen every summer yeah to uh, uh luckily especially for the doggies it's not all of them are fatal obviously um because you can there, there is treatments you know obviously you can put them on a drip you can cool them down and you can support their system um it depends how long 
they have had that really high temperature for um, because Mm -hmm. if they've had it for too long, then, you know, they can start seizuring. Um, So how early on would you say people should be looking, you know, if they, they believe their dog to have heat stroke or something like this is it a case of if you have any suspicions you take your dog you ring the vet and you say this is what you know you don't wait because time is critical as i understand it if there is heat stroke going on the earlier that you can get them to the vet the more chance they have of surviving i think that's key because you could have done you could have as an owner or guardian you could have done everything within your power to prevent your dog from overheating like we say it doesn't necessarily mean that there's been negligence no, if the dog has no. a stroke it could just be the dog not self-regulating very well at home and and you're trying everything you can but you've got a puppy that won't stop running around you know and so timing is really really critical if you suspect don't don't wait and worry about oh I don't want to pester the vet you know just call them I know it I know when I used to work in veterinary practice that that if anyone called me up and said I'm worried my dog might have heat stroke we're not going to dismiss that we're going to take that seriously better to err on the side of caution and see check the dog over and go no actually they're okay the temperature's not too high just monitor them rather than leave it and potentially have a, a risk of fatality on your hands so do to do take the warning seriously with it and take your dog in it's classed as an emergency um situation so they should say just come down now if you do leave it it is possible that it's going to get a lot worse uh, quickly as well they can quite quickly yeah, escalate exactly. it from i mean it was yeah. it was quite nearly a decade ago that i was working in veterinary nursing but (laughs) I remember from back then it was you know timing is critical with these things your dog can be okay but within an hour start seizuring and have a heart attack can be really quick obviously we know that heat stroke happens in dogs we know that they can get things like burnt pads we know they can get heat exhaustion and all these kind of things that happen in the heat wave and in terms of what to look out for then what are the signs of heat stroke as i understand it it can be excessive panting drooling difficulty breathing that can be if they have heavy panting you might have a bit of a blue tinge to the tongue possibly if they're having difficulty breathing if their chest is moving deeply or really rapidly that could be a sign of difficulty breathing yeah the excessive drooling lethargy lethargy is really that's one of the big things drowsy or uncoordinated that's definitely not a good sign so if you see any combination of those signs call your vet head straight to the vet give them a call better for them to check them over now, in terms of why Jay and I are here as well as a lovely tower, is to talk about things to do and occupy your dogs um, and or puppies in these kind of heat wave and what you can do. And I thought a really nice way to start this off was I have had a submission for a question from one of our followers on Instagram. And they have asked, do you have tips for puppies or a dog who doesn't enjoy water slash paddling pools? Now, it's really important to say it is absolutely fine if your dog or puppy doesn't like water it is not about forcing them into that paddling pool we don't want a fearful dog or puppy in this situation on top of perhaps being really really hot there are so many extra things that you can do to enrich your dogs and or puppies in this heat wave that don't involve necessarily throwing them in a paddling pool 
one of which I've got is because we'll go. Jay's got a couple as well. Is actually um, make some frozen ice cube treats. Now, before I go any further, I do want to dispel a myth around giving your dogs ice cubes. As far as I'm aware, and I've checked multiple sources, ice cubes are safe to give to your dog subject to them not having heat stroke. So if your dog has heat stroke, do not give them ice cubes. Basically, don't give your dog anything, even water, until you've spoken to a vet and had advice from a vet if they have heat stroke. If your dog is otherwise fit, healthy and happy, ice cube treats are absolutely safe. It is a myth that you cannot give your dogs ice cubes. Tara, you might back me up on that. <laughs> Yeah, unless unless they choke on them. You just have to be careful of size, size of the breed and size of the um, ice cube. You, we were talking about this earlier. You can put, especially if you've got a big dog, you could actually freeze a whole bowl. You just have to be careful about the material that the bowl's made out of because if that's really, really cold or it's frozen and it might snap if they chew it. But hopefully... That's what you'd have to think about, the material that mm. the bowl is made out of. You know, you can do big ones for, for bigger balls. Frozen carrots. Frozen carrots are great. Yeah. Um, they're a really good, really good little treat. You can even put like a bit of peanut butter, some some natural yogurt, put that on a licky mat, put that in a freezer. Frozen uh, blueberries are really good. They're good for dogs in general anyway. Well, if you've got the time, you can make lollies, can't you? They've got the yeah. old, I love those lolly making kit things. So also, don't be afraid to do a bit of training with your dog. And when I say this, in, you're going to be using mental stimulation, right? But you can do it, say you have the luxury of having a garden and you have a shaded part of your garden. Practice your stay in that shaded part. Practice your settle, you know, maybe get them to settle on a damp towel in a shaded part of the garden teach you you work on cues work on your stay cue work on your lay down so you're encouraging them to lay down on it you know this is all stuff that's keeping their brains occupied it's not high intensity so there's no running they're not getting too excited with, with promoting calming behaviors but also something that is kind of using their brain at the same time so that they're not getting too bored um jade have you got any you'd like to kind of add in one of the best things that i find to do with the dogs when it is hot is well something that i love doing anyway and we mentioned like licking mats but the other thing is like scatter feeding or hiding food around the house so you know or snuffle mats or whatever you call them yeah. what are they called yeah yeah, yeah snuffle mats you set all this up yeah. in front of the fan obviously if your dog is encountering a fan for the first time go steady make sure they're not scared by it because you've got you know strange air currents that are different but you can set that up in the nice, cool atmosphere inside your house and they can quite merrily exercise their brains having a good sniff after the food. What you can do, my friend is a, she's a veterinary surgeon that I used to work with her. She's now a, a behaviourist. One of her Labradors had cruciate surgery, so he obviously couldn't exercise tons. And she would go in the woods or wherever on the beach and just take a box and just take bits. They've got their own rooms, the doggies, so she would have all kinds of bits in there. So that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic idea, especially, like, say, for dogs that are on extended, like, crate rest after surgery or something like that, to actually go and invest, you know, pick up bits and pieces from where they would like to go and bring it to them. A leaf and a... a, yeah. a, a bit of wool off a fence or something, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, any, anything that just is a different sniff a different smell what i want what i want to challenge our listeners to do and it's something i've been trying to promote throughout this hot weather 
is whatever you add into your dog's life as a result of them not having walks during the heat wave in the form of enrichment. I want you to continue doing that when you reintroduce your walks, because I want you and I want you to notice if you do that for a period of time of, say, two, three, four weeks. I want you to note if you notice a difference in your dog's demeanor, their behavior. A, a lot of people put too much emphasis on a walk being the most important thing and the only thing that their dog requires. And actually, we now know that a walk is such a small part of what they require. And yes, walks are important. And I'm not not taking that away from them, but they're not as important as we think. And they are they're important in conjunction with other things such as mental stimulation, brain games, enrichment. And all of those are slightly different things. And whatever you're adding into your dog's life, I want you to keep it past the heat wave. And I want you to let us know if you start to notice a difference, a calmer dog. Maybe you didn't even realize your dog was actually quite chilled because now it's getting what it needed. You've always had the dog that was crazy and running, bouncing off the walls. But now it's having a mental outlet as well as a physical outlet. You've actually got a happier dog all around. It is really, really important. So take this as a little challenge. Whatever you add in now, keep him past the heat wave. Yeah, that that enrichment is such an important part we we tend to focus so much on physical exercise for our dogs i have a high energy breed i have border collies um and for so many years i thought the answer was just more more exercise more walks more running and it's it's not it's you know it it the mental exercise my dog now he is reactive so we have we end up regularly taking breaks from walks which you think would be a disaster with a high energy dog but because we give we replace his walks with that mental exercise and as well when he is having walks he has it alongside he's mentally stimulated so he is much calmer all around and in terms of walks as well you know a lot of people think in their mind that that fast charging walk around the block on the lead like perfect heel is exactly what a dog should have now if you are taking your dog for a walk at the moment and it is at something like 4am which i know some people have been getting up and doing a fair play it's absolutely fine to take your dog out at 4am in the shaded woods for for a little mooch even then it's still hot to be running around however a little mooch in the shade at 4am is absolutely fine because i know many of my clients have done it even if you are doing that you know just let your dog have a sniff. People don't emphasize them enough. You know, th- this is something that you should be doing with your dog. It's not about charging around the block. A little sniff in the shade or in a normal, let's say a normal life right outside of the heat wave, a little 20 minute mooch around the block where your dog goes completely their own pace, stops and sniffs when they want. Is, is That is also enrichment, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment with, with mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking him out. 10 o'clock at night we go out. And he's on a long lead. It's like a, a five meter lead. We have our little local block that we go around, which would take less than five minutes just to walk around it. It's taking us 25 minutes at the moment because he's just going from sniff to sniff to sniff. You come back after that and he's upside down on the sofa and snoring for an hour. The way he comes back, it's like as if he'd been for over an hour's normal walk. You know, what, what we perceive as a normal walk. I could be wrong. It might not have been Sally. I'm sure someone we, we know said that if you're walking your dog for all those hours every day, you're actually breeding an athlete, not a dog. Um, Sally said that. I've said it as well. Yeah, I'm cause... sure. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, if you it's like if you're training for a marathon and running two hours every day, you're going to get fitter and you're going to therefore need more that's going to challenge you. So I nearly said working for the show, Cocker Spaniel. And 
when I first got her, I was really, really poorly and I had quite a few surgeries back to back. So we did lots of enrichment from the get go because we were limited with what we could do in terms of getting out and about. Uh, my other half did his bit, but he works really long hours. And mine, Luna, now is quite used to not having a walk every day. I'll be totally honest because I do so much with her and she is, she doesn't need to be walked as often as, you know, classically a cocker spaniel would because I'm doing so much with her mentally and she has not struggled at all in this heat wave taking the heat aspect out of it because she hasn't had a walk because we've always been doing these things which comes back to my challenge of keep it part when you introduce the walks back in because she's not tearing the walls apart she's nine and a half month old puppy so she should be but she's not because she's always got that had that mental stimulation from the get-go and walks haven't been such a such an emphasis in her life she does get them I can't say that enough but we do lots of other things as well it's like there's this societal expectation isn't there it's what we're told the very first thing we're told about dogs is you have to walk them every day or some people say you have to walk them twice a day and yes walks are important and I have mine on occasion but saying that I, I started out with dogs on farms so they were running all day but it's really really hard for people to understand that they don't have to do that and in actual fact in many cases be that complex dogs like mine who's reactive or in this heat it's better not to it's better to find these other ways to stimulate mind and body the key takeaways from today's episode is that as Tara talk trust through at the beginning you know, heat stroke is a real thing it uh, it can you know in some extreme cases cause fatalities obviously that is the extreme in many cases the dogs can be helped but we want to avoid that and if missing a walk means that they are not potentially having to go to the vets for emergency treatment then of course it's missed the walk every day right and your dog will be fine. Like we are lucky. We don't live in 40 degree heat every day. It isn't going to last that long. It never does here. So next week we'll all be moaning because it'd be raining. You know, it's, it's England after all. So, you know. We would be moaning if it was raining. Exactly. So, you know, it is it is so, 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 so important to not underestimate the damage that heat can do. And it doesn't matter what breed you've got. I know I had a fellow trainer post something on tiktok about this and they commented being like i've got working sheep dogs they need to be walked and no they don't and actually collies are fantastic for doing mental stimulation with they love brain games absolutely love it do some training like take this as an opportunity to set some really good foundations with your dog or puppy of doing that mental stimulation including training like stay leave drop sit lay down settle place mat whatever you like to call it bed you can practice all of those things right now because it promotes your dog being still and you're giving their brain something to do and you're working on your training as well you're going to have a dog that knows more stuff at the end of the heat wave yeah and and training is so great for building the, the connection you know between human and dog it's really really good to work on your relationship so that's another benefit of doing these kinds of activities now it gives you a chance to really work on that bond i just want to say no dog will die for not having a walk exactly and it is it is so so important and um, that's why we wanted to get someone from the clinical background on today just to kind of talk a little bit about their experiences of what they see in the heat waves and you know as Tara's obviously told us, you know, it is the dog will not die from not having a walk, but they could die from having a walk in the seat. That is a real reality. If you say, you know, we had a fatality, 
sometimes people don't believe you. It's just, oh, we, they are really, really shocked by it. And it, it doesn't happen a lot, thank God, but it can escalate very, very, very quickly. Yeah, it, it's knowing those early signs to look for if the worst does happen. It's knowing the signs to look for so that you can actually, you can take action and get the dog the help they need as quickly as possible. We know the course of action, basically. Yeah, and avoidance, avoidance. Like, Don't take your dog out. Yeah, don't take your dog out. Really, really is that simple. And create a nice, cool space for them, for for them to be. Get a fan if you can, if you're able to. If you have a garden, let them sit in the shaded area. It's often much cooler in most houses in the garden, actually, if shaded and there's good airflow. Watch out if you have artificial grass because that can get a lot hotter than natural grass. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, horrifically. Um, If, I mean, tomorrow at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. it's still supposed to be 26 yeah so that's still... tomorrow is a day to just write walks off altogether if you think your dog has heat stroke immediately pour cool tap water over the animal don't actually place cold towels on your doggy because it can because your dog's really hot it can just it the water will start evaporating and um, can potentially make them even warmer. Um, you can they can lay on a wet towel, but don't put a wet towel over the top of them. Contact your vet immediately. Even on the route, you're en route to the vets, and get someone outside as well to turn the air conditioning on in your car if your car has air conditioning. Um, and just just as a note as well, if you're using your hose to wet the animal, run out run it for the first 30 seconds because that water that's going to be sitting in there is potentially scalding so get rid of that first and then then chuck it all over your dog and get them to the vets asap but obviously you can prevent this by not walking them and and having you can have cool coats no exercise they don't need exercise they're not going to die if you don't take them out for one day yeah see you've heard it all here Tara's warning to you all, don't walk your dogs. If you do, I'm going to get out my magic wand and find you. (laughs) You'll be in trouble. You'll be in trouble. Oh, well, Tara, thank you so, so much for coming on the episode. We really appreciate your insight that you have from a clinical aspect. And I hope that you guys listening at home have found this helpful um, and not boring listening to the three of us. Um, normal program will resume next week we just thought we'd do this one-off episode today uh, to help you guys and learn a few things about what happens uh, with heat stroke some top tips best of luck and we'll see you next week